Welcome to the Daily Path Podcast, where it's all about building an authentic life and business. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr., and now for today's message. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr., and today I am joined by Jeff Ash Lemon, who is an executive coach that helps executives and leaders create a life of harmony. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely delighted to be here, Joe. So today I would like to talk to you about how you help leaders create a life of harmony, your process for acquiring new clients into your business, and how you got to where you are today. So in your coaching business, you help your clients create a life of harmony. What inspired you to begin doing what you do as a coach? It was really from having a life that was out of harmony. So, you know, born out of tragedy, right? And Mm. unfortunately, I had a a time in my life, 38 years old. I now refer to that era of my life where I had an epiphany Mm. and life, you know, even though I had things that were going well, my career relationship with my kids, fortunately, Mm. I had other things. I was, you know, married to the wrong person for 17 years. I was... Mm more than a hundred pounds overweight. I was about Mm -hmm. to be bankrupt. I was about to be divorced. And even though I'm not proud of any of those things, Joe, I think what I am proud of is that I was able to face up to my responsibilities, face up to myself Mm -hmm. and make changes in my life. And and essentially that is what I help my clients do today Mm -hmm. is take ownership of their own situation and then guide them towards a success for harmony. And Mm -hmm. harmony for me is just really the juxtapose of balance. So I'm fairly infamous for goofing on work-life balance because not, here's what I think work-life balance is. It's the wrong measurement, right? Mm. So think about like an old apothecary scale, right? Like with the chains and the bowls, right? right? right. Are you somehow supposed to believe that you're supposed to put everything from like your work and career in one of those bowls and like Mm -hmm. everything else from your life and the other? And mm-hmm. they're somehow to be they're somehow supposed to be even. Like mm-hmm. that's not how life works. Right. So why are we chasing after that? So I'm more into harmony, creating mm-hmm. a life that and and let's just talk about harmony real quick. So harmony can be, you know, think about a beautiful song that moves you emotionally, right? How right. does music have the power to move us emotionally? Or the other great example I love is like athletics, where I love to use the Winter Olympics, right? Where you see the best athletes in the world coming together in their sport and it's grace and it's power and it's beauty. Mm. And then they do it together. That to me, when you see like couples doing uh, figure skating, that is like the most beautiful and powerful thing I've ever seen in my life. And I love to create a life that looks or sounds like that versus Mm. going after something that is just the wrong measurement in balance. Mm. That's my approach. That's, that certainly makes sense. So it sounds like for you, the thing that inspired you to um, help executives and leaders create a life of harmony was you being a successful um, executive yourself. um, But at the same time, Although you had your success and as you mentioned, you had a good relation with your kids, there was other areas of your life that was in a sense in turmoil, right? Like um, 17 years married to the wrong person, um, over, uh, you know, a hundred plus pounds overweight. Like my question for you is, what was the moment where you decided to face 
the fact that you had certain areas that was, um, you know, not where you would like them to be. Cause I think it's very easy, especially for like a ambitious man to um, overlook areas where there's turmoil. If they have success in their career. Right. right? Um, so like, how did you, like, what was that moment? What was the catalyst for re- despite my success or regards to my success, my relationship with my kids, I still have other things I need to face. Like yeah. what was the catalyst? What was that moment? Yeah. 2008. I'm sitting in the doctor's office with my butt on that little crinkly white paper, right? And he's sitting in front of me on his little stool and he's got this 2008. So he's got still the old school prescription pad, right? Right. And he's writing on this pad. And what he's writing for me is a prescription for some kind of, I don't know, blood pressure lowering medication or cholesterol or something like that because they were both out of control. Mm. And I knew, Joe, with a capital K, I knew it was like a switch went off for me mm. before he tore that page off that pad that I would never fill it. Now he ripped it off the pad. I took it in my hands. I walked out of that room with my proverbial tail between my legs mm. and I took that prescription home and I set it by my coffee pot. I didn't ask you in the beginning and I won't swear now, but I said something along the lines of, you know, you fat, right? Fill in the blanks. Right. You know, you know better than this, and here you are not doing it. Mm. And you're not living up to your commitments for your family, mm. your life, your your personal well-being. Like you look in the mirror and see somebody wearing 125 pounds of meat suit, right? Mm. That that is a moment where you say, for me, something's got to change. And that's mm. that's that's really where it started for me. And it started my journey of personal development. Mm. So from there and, and with it starting your journey in personal development, what would you say were your first um your your first practice or, or the first two to three practices you had that took you from um where you were at that point, living a life out of harmony, as you mentioned, to right. where you are today, successful living a life um of harmony? Sure. The very first thing I did was I started listening to better information and better people, right? I'd gotten myself into the trap of just following the herd or just doing what society does, right? Like, doesn't everybody, you know, get big old houses and fill them full of cars and kids and toys? And hey, if you're living the American dream and you're making money and you're all that, but you know, is it okay if you spend, you know, maybe 115% of what you make? Is it, is it like how much money should you have on a credit card? You know, things like that. Right. right? right. And so I started listening to different people like I, you know, Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn and, you know, all these people, I started listening to better information to Mm. start with. And then I started taking different actions. Right. Mm. So I needed to do something to beat that meat suit off of me. Right. So I needed to start eating better. I needed to start physical fitness, which I wasn't doing in the past. And it's these foundational things in life that, that I think, you know, people miss out on a lot. Like Mm. why go for, you know, who wants to be the richest man in the graveyard, right? Right. That's the classic example of what, what doesn't work out. So that's where it really started for me. And then, oh my gosh, we can just go on and on from there if you want. (laughs) We certainly could go on and on uh, from there, but for, for the listeners, I would like for us to also uh, continue down uh, so, so that way we get to some questions. I know listeners also want to to hear the answers to. Sure. Um, in your experience, what is one common misconception executives have about creating a life of harmony? 
the common misconception is that the general lens that they're looking through, like what other people are doing is the way that you should be doing it. Mm. And that's wrong. You need to seek out, you need to seek out better information. Mm -hmm. Now, ultimately I'm not, I'm not anybody's follower, right? So I study a lot of people, right? I research, I get a lot of information, just like I do that professionally. I have a good attorney, a good tax person, a good wealth right. planner, right? Because I seek good advice, right? But I don't follow anybody specifically. Mm. I listen to their good advice and then I take that on myself. And mm. so that's, that's the thing that I, and that is what I tell CEOs that I'm working with, right? Is right. like, you need to be looking through a different lens. Like right. don't be comparing to the rest of the world, like right. seek out excellence. Like who is living a lifestyle that you already want right now? And I'm not saying go emulate it, but at least go learn about it, right? right? And you right. might find things that you want to implement in your life. And then the other part, right, Joe, is it's the reflective part right. where you're looking at yourself in the mirror, but more on a day-to-day -day basis or week-to-week -week right. basis rather than having these big crucible moments in your life. Right. If, you, if you've got a good life, I mean, that's a specialty of what I do with my clients is people that are living a good life, mm. but not living a great life, yeah. right? Helping them find what great looks like. And yeah. everybody gets to determine for themselves, what does success look like? What does great look like? But until you have some perspective and you start comparing to, right? And it's not always a comparison. That's why the self-reflective point right. works out well, right? right? What is your own version of success? Right. You know, I like that. And I, I do think it's important to like actually look at someone that inspires you, have the life that you want to have, have the happiness you want to have, like as a model, uh, as you mentioned, not to emulate, but to actually look at and say, okay, I need to have the right information. So let me, let me go and let me go to a source where the information that I'm collecting is like, um, it, it's valid, um, through experience, uh, uh, of some sort, you know, and for some people I know it's, it's more about data and I get it, but like just going to a place where the, um, the information that one is receiving is actually credible. And I do think that a lot of people, whether we're talking, you know, um, in, in business and, in, in, you know, or in fitness, I think a lot of people, as you mentioned, they do make the mistake of looking at things through the general lens of like, what is everyone else doing? And I'm just going to do that thing. Um, when I would agree that that is the wrong approach. It's like, if you want to live an authentic, successful life filled with harmony, like one really has to determine what does success look like to them? What does happiness look like to them? Like, you know, uh, what are the habits, the habits that, that, that makes you feel fulfilled as yep. a person? So I, you know, completely agree with that. Now speaking to, you know, or further speaking to listening to better people, let's, let's say there is a 21, 25, 30 year old, professional executive uh or entrepreneur doesn't matter listening to this podcast right now and they are really understanding what you're saying right now they need to seek out better information what tips do you have for discerning um what one should take in and apply versus what maybe someone should discern because i feel like there's been times in my life as i as as you know um i've evolved where I I had to actually begin to learn like okay Joe you actually 
like while I should listen to everyone, I should not apply everything that everyone is telling me. Like, right. you get what I'm saying? Like, I should listen and, and be open because that's the only way you truly learn new information. But like in terms of application, I'm not applying most of the stuff that that people tell me. So like, right. and I, but I do feel like that's a gift I have. So what tips would you give someone to discern the right better information versus just more information they don't really need? Sure. And I'll use this term to kind of tee up how I feel about this whole concept, which is right now the world has, and this is a blessing and a curse, but the world has an abundance of information. Absolutely. What it has is a poverty of attention. Mm. What can you put your attention on in mm. today's clickbait mm. world? So how about this? The old stuff is the good stuff, right? So let me let me expound on that. So you know, what books have been written that are old books that are foundational and fundamental. And I could go all the way back to the 30s and I could talk about how to win friends and influence people. Do you think what Dale Carnegie wrote in that book doesn't still work today? It does. If you've never read it, you're wrong and you're missing out. Right. Or go back to the 50s and read The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. It's right. 32 minutes on YouTube of the most densely packed personal development I have ever. And look at the books. This is right. just the showcase, right. the, the, the warehouses below, right? Right. I've read a lot. Mm. The Strangest Secret, 32 minutes. When I give people The Strangest Secret, I give it to kids graduating high school or graduating college, and I give them a cool, you know, $100 gift card. But I give them The Strangest Secret and I say, hey, listen, and this isn't hyperbole. You could listen to this. I recommend that you listen to this every day for a week mm. and then every week for a month and then every month for a year. Mm. And it's only 32 minutes long. Joe, it wouldn't be hyperbole to say that I've listened to The Strangest Secret 4,000 times Oh wow! In, in, in my lifetime Wow! because I still need to go back and remind myself about the old stuff that is the good stuff. It mm. is about the way that you think. It's about the way that you look at life. It is mm. your own perspective. And that's what you're getting to is mm. all of this information out there. There's so much good stuff happening and there's so much more good stuff to come with AI right. and all the power and all this that's right. coming. But if you don't narrow down your focus, and this is the last thing that I want to tell you that was semi on your point, which is people, people take in a lot of information. But the world oftentimes doesn't need more learning. Mm. Sometimes it needs more learning. But you know what it needs way more of? What's that? Doing. It right. needs more doing. Right. You need to take the principles from the book mm. and apply them in your own life. And right. it's not like everything's going to work. But how do you know it's going to work until you try it? Right. You know, I, I completely agree with that. And 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 um, to build on that, because you mentioned the strangest secret. Um I wanted to to provide another source. It's it's a little bit longer than 34 minutes. The one uh, this one is 43 minutes um by Earl Nightingale and he's actually doing um like a um condensed version of Think and Grow Rich um by uh gosh, Napoleon I know you know Hill. Napoleon Napoleon Hill. Hill. He's the, yeah, by Napoleon Hill. 43 minutes. I can tell you that when I first listened to that, I listened to it every day for 3 months and then I now listen to it once a week. Um, some some weeks, 
you know, multiple times a week, depending on if I if I feel like I need to listen to it multiple times per week. But um, I said that to say, like, uh, just hitting on your point, like sometimes we do need to be reminded of the foundational information and continue uh, building the lives that we want to build instead of just, you know, trying to look for the next uh, best hack or the new shiny object, so to speak. Um, So if there was an executive or leader listening to this podcast that wanted to create a life of harmony, um, I know you've already uh, began somewhat talking about this, but like what steps would you take to do so? Let's say someone's listening right now, or let's say someone comes to you, they sit down, like what steps would y'all take to take them from living a life out of harmony to living a life of harmony? Yep. The first thing we need to decide does what does harmony look like for you? Okay. Right. And we can Step go one, through we can go through like for you? several different exercises to get that. Let's let's take one right out of seven habits for highly effective people, right? This is Stephen Covey, you know, wisdom from the 90s that if you took those seven habits apart and just tried to live those in your life without reading any other books, you're going to be in the top 1% of the world. Mm. Okay. So go out to the, the principle I'm talking about. He calls it the eulogy exercise, right? Eulogy. So you go, you go out into the future so far that it's your death. Mm. You are at the meeting, but you are in the box right, right. and you're listening to what everybody else says about you. And the question to ask yourself is, is what they're saying okay? Mm. And if it's not, what can you do now wow. and different? Then the next thing I help them do is I get clarity around how we're going to get there. I have a one-page plan for life that we create that has core values, core competencies, your core purpose, yearly goals, monthly goals. And we get clear on all those. I call the one-page plan the North Star. This can, is what can, is. Can you can you repeat those? I'm sorry. Can you repeat those one more time? Sure. So get clarity on how to get there, and it includes the one page your, plan includes. Yep, your core values, right? Core values. So what is important to you, you okay. personally, your core, okay, and then core competencies. Okay, what are you good at, okay. or what do you want to be good at? I right. would. I always encourage my clients to be 100 percent clear and 100 percent there on core values. But core competencies can be a little aspirational. They should be mm. at least 80-20. You should okay. be you should be on your way. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then your core written purpose, right? Okay. Which is for me, it's an entire paragraph that says who I'm being, how I'm showing up, what I want to do in the world. I'll I'll read just I'll say just the last line to you because it's one of because I'll go to my grave trying to be this. Okay. And it says, I want to be happy with what I have comma, while I pursue what I want. Mm, I am bringing my A game, Joe, every day, trying to, and I will until I die, trying to do those two things. And then it has your yearly goals. And then I update it every month with monthly goals. And when we, if we start talking about Zen, we'll talk about why. Okay. That 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 certainly sounds good. So we we could we could definitely talk about Zen, but firstly we have step one, which is what does it look like? Um, what does a life of harmony looks like for them? Um, and, and using the eulogy exercise, going so far out into the future, they're at their death, and it's the question is what is other people saying about you? And if you like what they're saying, great. But if you don't like what they're saying, you know what are you going to do now? Or like you know what is it that you can do now to change that? Which brings us to step two: getting 
clarity on how to get there. And this includes the core values, the core competencies, the core written purpose, annual goals, and monthly goals. Yes, right? sir. Okay. So step. What, what's the next step? Step three. Zen. Zen. Adding an element of Zen into your life. And so what I mean by that, I'll, I'll just tell you what I do. I don't, I don't ask my clients to do exactly what I do, okay. but I tell them the concepts and then they find a way to implement it in their own life. So okay. my tagline for the day of Zen is checking out so you can check in. Checking right. out so, so you can check in. What so what are, we, what are we checking out on? We're checking out on everything in our day-to-day life. And so mm-hmm. before I tell you that part, let me tell you this. What I'm about to say to everybody that's listening is going to sound like super selfish. And guess what? I make no apology. <laughs> I live my life two ways, Joe, and I'm never going to live that old life again. Mm. So am I going to be selfish once a day? Am I going to tell my kids? Am I going to tell social media, my clients, the world that you're not going to get a hold of me for an entire day? Yes. I've been doing mm. it for 15 years. Mm. And if you teach the world how to treat you, they'll treat you that way. So right. check out of life. I'm, I'm not looking at social. I'm not looking at emails. I need what I call white space, right? And I use this white space to do a wholesale reflection of the previous month. I'm Mm. reviewing all of my goals. Mm. I have more written goals than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Now, I don't know everybody, but I know a lot of people, right? Right. I've about as many followers as you do. (laughs) I know a lot of people. And I have more goals. I know a lot of people too. I like that. (laughs) And, and, And I have more goals than them. So it takes me a long time to review through and see how I'm doing. And then I check my vital metrics. I'm like, how's my 401k? How's my body fat percentage? All that, right? Right. And then the second half of the day Mm. is about building a plan. Mm. How did you, you asked me how I was doing when we jumped on here and I said, I'm crushing it. Actually, I said, I'm killing it. You did. But I have a plan because I'm excited Mm. about what I have in front of me. That. Mm. That of what I see in my clients, that's what I see missing is like, where's the enthusiasm? Where's the excitement for life? And I'm telling you, it can be created. Mm. And so I spend the second half of the day creating that plan to crush the next month. Now, let Mm. me tell you, it gives you one one other opportunity for white space. And it works like this. So let's say, you know, you've got kids at home. And one of them all of a sudden starts to uh, struggle at school or maybe in a specific subject. And you need to come up with a a plan on you're going to help them with that. You're going to hire a tutor or the other example I've been using here lately because I have aging parents Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to think about like, well, you know, something's going to happen. It's going to change like what their level of care is, that kind of thing. When do we ever either in either one of these scenarios? When do we ever have the time to kind of unpack this and think about it? I mean, you'll Mm -hmm. tell yourself you're going to do it. Oh, on Saturday, I'll do it in between the kids' soccer game and my, you know, date night with my spouse. But you know how it works. I mean, you'll flop down there on the couch and put your feet up, which you haven't done in like seven, 10 days or maybe 30 or more. And you'll say like, oh my gosh, let me just enjoy this for a moment. Some, some silent where nobody needs anything from me and you won't be doing the, you know, the kid's plan, right? Right. So this time gives me white space to think about things either and proactively works best. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can take things like this in your life and think about them before they've even happened, Mm. but you can also use it reactively, right? Like Mm. when we went through the whole pandemic and life changed for everybody seemingly overnight. And it's like, well, what does this mean? Right. Right. 
So anyway, you yeah. just use this time for white space. Mm. So, and so, so for you, how you do it, um, the element of Zen is, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's one day out of the month where the full day, no one can contact you and you're using it um, for what you just described. Am, am I hearing that correctly? Absolutely. Awesome. So uh, now do some of your clients practice this element of Zen like, you know, once a day or once a week, or is it better to do the whole day once a month? I say this, Joe, there, and, and this isn't my line. I, I think this is Gandhi. Like <laughs> the, there is no right way. Mm. There is only your way. Mm. I think mm. he actually said there is no the way. Yeah, yeah. He said there is only your way. Right. Uh, so, yeah. you know, just just like I probably said that and maybe the audience started saying, you know, in your own head, like, yeah, Jeff, that sounds super selfish and all that. There's no way I could ever do that. I mean, that's what my clients say when they first, you know, get a hold of me, too. And I'm like, OK, well, here's how it's going to work. So right. I'm going to ask you to do a two hour block of this. And then right. I'm going to ask you to do a four hour block of this. Right. And I'm going to convince you you're going to want to make this a whole day because you're going to see the value and then you're right. going to see like you, the scales get peeled back from your eyes. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, I think this is a great time to transition to uh, how you've built your business and how you got your first paying clients. But before we, before we go there, I want to make sure that we got uh, all this. Well, I, you probably, do you have more steps or is these, these all the steps? Like let this is go. Let me, let me just give you one more big one. Okay. One more big one. Okay. Go ahead. Let, go ahead. Carpe diem. What, so carpe, carpe diem. So that's okay. Latin for seize the day. Okay. Seize the and day. Seize the day. So here's the thing, Joe. What we do every day matters. Absolutely. And Secret of matters, our success is determined by our daily path. To yes. The and it <laughs> Great. I wish I'd have worked that in. That would have been pure gold. <laughs> and, and farm too many folks don't right and so the other thing that i say about carpe diem if you go back to that one page plan that has your goals and purpose and all that the carpe diem what you do every day this is how we operationalize what's on that plan that's the problem with like new year's resolutions or just goal setting in general is people spend a little time doing it and then they never look at it again right, right. so if you don't have you know i call the one page plan the north star right but the carpe diem is operationalizing. It's putting into play right. today. Like right. I said that my body fat percentage was going to be below 11 by the end of this month. Is it or is it not? And what am I doing with my nutrition and my exercise right. to make sure that it is right? right. right. What am my role as a father? I said, right. I was going to, I was going right. to, I have kids that live out of the house and right. you know, you can lose touch if you don't intentionally have a plan to stay in touch. Right. Right. And right. so if I'm going to do that, how's that going to live out day to day? Mm -hmm. And not to mention the fundamentals of, you know, how are you thinking? Are you taking care? How many people are out there working really hard, entrepreneurs, building businesses, growing companies, making money, your own version of success. And yet maybe you look at your own personal health mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, like is your golf game, let's be selfish. Is your golf game suffering you know, because of it, right? right, right. Or you're not making it to your kids' t-ball games, right? Mm. And my point would be, can you do it all? Mm. Well, I, I've never seen anybody do it all, 
but can you do the right things and can you keep them in proportion? Mm. And that's how these three things work together. Mm. One page plan, Zen, Carpe Diem. It's like mm. the trifecta for building harmony in your life. Mm. You know, I, I certainly like that because you're you're getting people to really get clear on what things look like for them, how they're going to get there. Um, and then also just making the time for themselves to um, do honest reflection, like honest reflection and um, truly capitalize on the things they need to 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 continue the path, regardless of where they at, they're at in their journey. Um, yep. and I feel like that's what you're talking about when you're saying the seize the day part. Yep. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of jump backwards really fast to jump forward because sure. you mentioned how, um, you know, when it comes to the adding an element of Zen. So, sometimes your clients hear your practice of like you you take the whole day. Um, and I have a similar practice to this at the end of the year that I do. Where I take 10 days off completely and don't do any calls don't at all. Um, but to, for you to have this practice where once a month you're taking a full day off to, to, to do your practice. And then you have clients who say, you know, I could never do that. And then you, you help them eventually get to the point where they can do that. Right. So um, now that was jumping backwards now to kind of jump forward with that, with that in mind, we have some coaches that, you know, are listening to the podcast and some of them have a hard time getting their clients to, understand why reflective practices are essential to their growth and to their success. And then secondly, um, they have a hard time getting their clients to implement such practices because they don't even understand why it's so important, or perhaps they don't have a way of really getting them to. So I would like for you to kind of speak to the coach right now who have clients that just like in your shoes may go to try to give their client a practice, their client rejects it. But then um, as the coach, you're influencing them to uh, incorporate the practice because it will be helpful to the coach that's listening. What are some effective ways to help a client accept a reflective practice that could help their life? Sure. So <laughs> I consider myself a tools coach. I like to mm -hmm. give my clients tools that they can use. And some of them oftentimes are very... <laughs> harsh, right? And so one of the first ones, and this is just a simple question tool that any coach can use. When you apply the question back to your client and you say, well, how's that working for you? Mm. And then let them fill in the blanks right. on you how their it. way is better. Okay. Mm. And then number two, this is also very Gandhi, mm. which is be the change you want to see. Absolutely. This is this is why being a coach is a lot like being a parent. If you've ever been a parent, yes. like yeah, I have tell, one daughter. Yeah. Well, tell me this works out well. Do as I say and not as I do. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't work, does it? At all. Right. So if you're a coach, let's get real here. So if you're a coach and you're selling, mm. are you are you living? Mm. Right. So Earl Earl Nightingale also had that mirror that he talked about. Right. He right. called it the magic mirror, right? Mm. He also called it a merciless mirror. Mm. And so I give my clients a tool that's like a little mirror. It folds up, you can put it in your pocket. And okay. here's what I tell the client. All of the problems in the world and all of the solutions are right here. Mm. Just flip it open and have a look. Mm. Oh, wow. All of the problems in the world and all of the solutions 
are in the mirror. Wow. That, you know, that, that's a, that's a nice practice you have there. Uh, and some nice tools that you give to your clients and to the coach that's listening right now. I hope um, you, you you really understand what he's saying right now. Whatever it is that you're selling, you have to live. Whatever it is that you're teaching, you have to model. You have to be like, be the person that's being um, ethical with, with the uh, things you're teaching and coaching your clients on. So thank you for sharing that, Jeff. Yes. Um, so, when you first started out, and this is this is this is for those that are that are starting out, you know, um, right now trying to get their first few paying clients. How did you get your first paying clients? Yeah, fun fun story. I met my first client at the CrossFit gym. So I, I was in the middle of my corporate career, and I was I was down there working out, and we'd run into each other, and you know, he had a very glass half full kind of an optimistic, like the kind of guy I want to hang around with. All right. And so we'd be chatting it up. And then I started saying probably three, four, five years before I'd even retired for my corporate gig. I'm like, yeah, one of these days I'm going to be a coach. And, you know, we'd talk about things like that. And literally, Joe, like the next week in the gym, he runs into me and he says something like, hey, Jeff, let me know when you decide to start coaching. I'm going to be your first client. Mm. And I was like stupefied. Right. <laughs> and I almost like walked away from the conversation. I asked him like a week later, I'm like, hey, you know. Hey, Jeff, uh, we're, this is what you said. Like, were you serious about that? And he's like, yes. And then I, I walked away from that conversation to Joe. I had to decide how to be a coach. I had to decide like, how often was I going to meet him? And what was I going to charge? And all of those kind of things. But here's what I would encourage coaches to do okay. is go coach. Like, mm. I'm not saying do them all for free or do them all on the cheap. or But right. if you're ever going to build your skills, just right. go do it. Right. And, and 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 if I'm hearing you correctly, when you say just go do it, you're saying this in a sense of like live it, right? So at the gym, you're talking to someone, like hearing, listen, ask questions, perhaps provide insight here and there. And, and you know, in your day-to-day -day life, when you're communicating with a person, view yourself as a coach that can help them with some sort of breakthrough in that moment. Um, instead of viewing yourself as someone who is potentially just getting a friend or, or a gym buddy, or because per, I mean, perception is, is, is reality for us. Right. So in a sense, that's what, that is what you're saying. Right. Exactly. And, and if you want to be a coach and you don't have that many clients, start coaching more people, just again, on right. a cheaper price, uh, for free right. mentoring, right. like go do more of it. If you right. want to be better at anything, Go practice perfectly. Mm, I like the way you said that. Now, let's, you know, how important would you say, like, how an individual carry themselves when it comes to potentially getting coaching clients in, you know, um, places like the gym or so on and so forth? Like, I like to believe it's it's very important. I, I do my best to try to um, conduct myself as a professional person that you can laugh with no matter sure. where I'm at type of deal. Sure. But like, do you, do you think how we carry ourselves um, outside of professional settings while we're still coaching um, is important? Um, and if so, how? Yeah. It, and you're, you're spot on. I, I had an old boss that used to talk about, cause we were in the corporate world and he talked about um, business ethics. Mm. And he always said, there's no such thing as business ethics. 
He says, there's, there's just, just ethics. ethics, right? right? And ethics. so when you're talking about who you're going to hire or how you're going to be or how you're going to react, I mean, that old analogy of whether you want the little devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, right. or you could say God's watching or whatever, right? right? Like you should, I mean, it is just in our lifetimes, Joe, and, right. and my lifetime is a lot older than yours, but think about, you know, how many cameras and all that, like you're always, almost always visible, mm. right? And right. so having carrying yourself in that manner that you're always, you know, uh, I think it was Darren Hardy said, you know, if somebody was following you around like a court reporter, just mm. followed you all day long and captured the things that came out of your mouth, mm. would you be proud of that? Right. So it, it's that holding yourself. And and before, like I said, when we talked about leadership and I said, like, you want to demonstrate, you want to, you want to make sure that you're doing what you're selling for coaching. Right. Right. That's not easy. Right. Like right. we're all, you know, to, to err is human. Right? right. We, in spite of our own best efforts to hold up to high standards, mm. we all seemingly fall short of who we're trying to be. Absolutely. Right. That's very Maslow. That's very, right you know, gap in between right. who we are being. Right. And this is another thing I'll go to my grave trying to do is bridge that gap between who I'm being and who I'm capable of being. Mm -hmm. I like that. And, and you, again, you, not easy. <laughs> right. Very definitely not easy. You you mentioned if someone was following you around um, with a recorder and they just a tape recorder and they captured everything you said would you be proud of the things that come out of your mouth i think an, another another way that i like to look at it as well is um no matter your actions um in public or behind closed doors if it was written about on the front of the newspaper that everybody would see would you right. like what everyone is going to read about you that's a beautiful <laughs> way to look at it <laughs> right absolutely so so you know uh, make make sure that uh, you you have the character both in public and private um, that is required for you to build the life you desire. Uh, so kind of switching to your personal development practices, you've already talked about the element of Zen that you, you have. Um, but I kind of want to just uh, speak more to personal development practice you've had or, or another book or course podcast, those type of things that you've, you know, um, have, listened to or read or watched that you feel like has that has helped you the most when it comes to uh your entrepreneurial journey in your life so starting with you know personal development practices like what is what would you say is the one personal development practice um outside of what you've already shared like i know you do your day where you take your day for, for sure. the month and, and you do that practice but what is what is another personal development practice um you have that has helped you grow as a leader Absolutely. And this one is good for life in general. It is singularly the one thing that I've implemented in my life that's been these two words, Joe, subtle and powerful. And that practice is gratitude. Mm. And so I ask my clients, do you have a daily written intentional practice of gratitude? And if the answer is not yes, we're going to get to that mm. because gratitude is both subtle and powerful. And let me tell you how. Let me use a real world example for our listeners out there. So if you run your credit card through the little machine, right, and you could, that doesn't feel like anything, right? 
until you get the bill, right? Mm. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, boy, that added up quick, right? Or if you put money in your 401k and you look at that every month, it doesn't look like much. But if you look at it at the end of the year, right, it's like, oh, hey, all right, right? Or if you look at it five years later, you're like, hey, another comma, right? <laughs> like that feels. So would you agree that that financial example in both cases, kind of bad and good, that is both subtle and powerful. Yes, now, agree. The reason I say that is now let me bring you back to gratitude. When you have a practice in your life where you specifically focus every day on the things that are in your world that are important, small, medium, large. I'm talking about the sunset or the sunrise this morning when I did my, you know, make sure I'm getting to my 7,000 steps. Mm -hmm. I'm out there taking just taking a breath and looking at the sunrise and saying like, wow, I really appreciate that this mm -hmm. morning or the mm -hmm. steak that I had last night or looking into my kid's eyes, or it could be anything small, anything medium, anything mm -hmm. large. Right. But when you do this practice of gratitude, the subtlety, right? Mm -hmm. But the power, Joe, this brings your focus. If you want to bring good things into your life, mm -hmm. focus on good things right the most powerful individual practice i've ever with a capital e ever put into my life right i like that i like that be intentional about the attention you're you're giving uh positive uh things instead of uh, negative ones what is one book course or podcast that has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey you've already shared the secret that is a really great one that people should um, listen to 34 minutes, definitely very powerful. Um, but what is another book, course, or podcast that has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey? Okay. And one quick correction. I said the strangest secret, which is, which is different than the secret. The secret okay. is like from the eighties, right? And that's the law of attraction and all that. And even though that is a powerful part of the system, I think the secret is a little too woo woo where the strangest secret is like smack you in the face. Like this is how life works. If you don't do it this way, you're going to be the 95%, right? Okay. The strangest so, secret. Okay. We're going to yep. include that in the show notes. The strangest Absolutely. secret. Earl Nightingale. So the one that I would use is a leadership book called mm -hmm. The Five Levels. And actually, I think I think I saw on, you did a post with, uh, with the John Maxwell quote. I so did. John Maxwell is one of my most powerful influences in my career and right. my life for leadership. And he Likewise. wrote a book. He wrote a book called The Five Levels of Leadership, which I've literally been using with people in my corporate world. And I even use it now in my coaching right. practice to coach people on being a good leader. Mm -hmm. Because what the five levels gives you is a very practical look mm -hmm. at what leadership is. Right. And then it gives you very practical steps right. that you can take to be a better one. It's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. So powerful that I've dedicated my life to teach it. Mm, yeah, no, that the, the, the five levels of leadership is definitely a phenomenal book. We will be including that in the show notes as well. Um, my final, my final two questions for you before we jump off today, it's been a really great um, interview. So thank you for joining me. Um, the first one is what's next for you? What is your number one business goal for the next three years? My number one business goal is uh, growing my client base. And I want to do that through growing my influence. And so that's what I'm working really hard on now. That's why I'm doing the podcast episodes. That's why I've ramped up my social media 
I, I, the, the term that I use, Joe, is just getting my message out there. Mm. I want to, I want to inspire people for hope and optimism. And if you're living in obscurity right now, or if you're living in turmoil, and I've been in both, or even if you're living, like I said, a good life mm. right now, but you really want to take apart and look at what great looks like, right? And then build a plan to help you get there. And I do it by helping my clients with that system that I mentioned. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Um, and I'm, I'm certain that you are going to do uh, achieve your, your, your number one business goal. Uh, my final question for you today is if there was a principle or practice that you weren't able to share today and would like to share, what would it be? A principle or a practice? All right. Well, I'll do a practice because you only let me use one on the powerful and I use gratitude. Okay. The next one and this one isn't as easy to implement as gratitude. I think almost anybody can do an intentional daily practice of gratitude with very little, only your own commitment to do it. Right. The next one, though, is harder, which is, well, it doesn't have to be hard, but it was harder than hell for me, <laughs> which was uh, meditation. Mm. And so having a practice, and, and I said the word meditation, but what I really mean is mindfulness. So if you already have a practice that you call prayer or mindfulness or breath work, or if you have any kind of practice like that alive in your life that you do consistently, then bravo. Cause that is a, you, you would probably already know that that's a great part of your life. Right. But if you don't, I would highly recommend that you intentionally look at one of those breath work, mm -hmm. meditation, prayer, use whatever resonates with you. Right. But when you get your mind that that's where you create the mind like water, right? right? Creating a mind like water where you mm. free yourself from those monkey mind thoughts, right? That's right. a power, not easy. Like, yeah. like we've been, we've made that a theme now, not easy, right. but super powerful. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for joining me on the podcast today, Jeff. Absolutely. Um, to my listeners, I hope you take something that you learned today out of um, this episode and implement it into your daily path. We covered a lot today, so I really do hope you make use of something. Until next time, I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Daily Path Podcast. If you would like to launch your own podcast show to expand your reach, grow your network, and sign more premium clients for your business, visit dailypathacademy.com to learn how we can help you launch an impactful podcast that changes lives around the world and acquires high-ticket clients for your business. That's dailypathacademy.com.